Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. To introduce to you our SNN speaker for tonight. We first became acquainted in 2016 through extended phone conversations when I was chairing our Day of Recovery in San Antonio, and she was our guest speaker. I was working through, how do I do this? And each time we talked, it was like we had known each other a long time, and she was my very dear friend. Conversations were easy, friendly, comforting, and enlightening. I was the one who came away with more reassurance and confidence, and I was supposed to be helping her. It was like God had put her in my life. The time she gave us on our weekend of recovery was life-changing for many as she shared and inspired those who attended. With her story and her passion for working the 12 steps. But that was not the end. She was willing to walk with us in working the steps, if we were willing to do the work. And that she did, faithfully and consistently, until we finished. That journey with her challenged me to look at myself and to accept myself in a way I had not done before. I had courage to share the things that I was never going to share, because she was courageous in her sharing. As she listened to my fifth step, I knew God was present and loving me. The end result was peace and serenity in truly being listened to and accepted. I have to say, getting to know her through the step work was a pure gift from my higher power. Approachable, available, humble, passionate, direct, honest, loving. I see all these gifts in her. Some are principles of the program, and some are gifts of the Essanon program. She doesn't come promoting her accomplishments. She comes as one of us, and that is attractive. She comes giving us her experience, strength, and hope, not proclaiming to know the answers. So it is my pleasure to introduce to you Andrea from Portland, Oregon. And I might say for to those from San Antonio to ask Andrea to show you her shoes. love you guys in San Antonio. My name is Andrea, and I am a very, 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 very grateful member of Essanon. (sighs) 
Whenever I have the opportunity to stand up here before you guys and see the loving faces, it always brings tears to my eyes. This program not only changed my life, it gave me a life. So who I was when I got here and the state of my life was I was broke in every area of my life, literally and figuratively, and I was broken. And I'm not going to go into my history because I'll get stuck in it, and it's my story. So tonight I am not going to tell you my story. You know what? I'm like, can can you bring me my book? So I'm I'm just going to ask you to trust me. I wouldn't keep being here. I came into this program uh, December, thank you, December 22nd of 2000 and, no, 19. Hello, I can't even do the math. Okay, my daughter was born in 87, so 1992. And, um, it's, it's been, it's been a wild ride. It's just been a wild ride. And, when I tell you how long ago I came in here, the thing that I ask you to most know is that I stand here before you and I want the newcomers to hear you. I welcome you and I bless you and I'm so happy you're here. And I pray to God, I swear I pray to God that you stay. And um, I'm just a newcomer. Every day I wake up and I'm just a newcomer. And 25 years has given me a life, but I live life on life's terms and life gets really hard sometimes. But I have tools and I have a support system and I know how I know how to move from where my unrecovery wants to take me to a place of recovery. <clears throat> so um I know someone said last night that the Essanon literature is the most incredible literature out there in any program, and I belong to another program, and I understand it, and I believe it, because I came here when we had no literature. Our literature was Al-Anon literature. But I was um, trained into this program by a big book thumping Al-Anon turned to Essanon. And this, if you want to know how to work the program, this is where the program is. The Essanon teaches me that I am not alone. The literature shows me that I'm not alone. It talks about my story. It helps me understand who I am at deeper levels. But at the end of every Essanon meeting, no matter where I've ever been, no matter what meeting it is, the meeting always ends with, keep coming back, it works if you work it. So worth it or any variation thereof. And I have to tell you, I've always hated that. I just need to be honest. I can't stand it. I, I just, I can't. It's like, it's, it's just, it. and the reason that I can't stand it is because as a newcomer, I didn't know what the heck they were talking about. Work it if you work it. What am I supposed to work? I don't even understand why I'm here other than there was disclosure in my house. Finally, that was a relief. I wasn't crazy. I lived with insanity, I was insane, but I didn't really think I was insane, he was insane. And and um, 
This is the Bible of working the 12 steps. And if you don't work the 12 steps rigorously and honestly, you are not working the program. There's no debate about it as far as I'm concerned. And if any of you feel like there is, meet me outside and we can duke it out. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> so um, the place where I got most caught up, and I'm just going to go in, 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 into the steps. The first thing that I need, that, that, that I want to share, is that when I came in and we had no literature, and even though my sponsor was a big book thumping Al-Anon, all she said to me to work my first step was, go home and write about your control and manipulation. I was like, What? What? What does that mean? And it took me a week and a half, and I drove an hour and a half to her house to give her my first step, and it was a paragraph and a half long. <laughs> to which she said, honey, drive back home, do it again. So it was like, well, we need to talk about what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm, I'm not getting this. This book outlines very clearly, it's a textbook, it outlines exactly how to do what it is you need to do with every single step. Step one starts on XXV, and I think the XXV, I, 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 V, 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 whatever, they go on forever, but the first step ends on page 43. It's a lot of pages. There's a reason why. Step one needs to be thorough. And what I understand from my essay friends that I have gathered along the way over the years is that most, the ones I know, do a very thorough first step. But most Essanons through my years do this thing that I was told to do. You know, not exactly that way, but it's not as thorough. And um, so step one, I am powerless over sexaholism. And my life is unmanageable. Okay. So I've really spent 25 years trying to figure out what does that mean that I'm powerless over sexaholism? I get it the way I got it when I first came in is that, okay, I'm powerless over my husband. I can't control his disease. I didn't cause it. I can't cure it. I get all of that. i got to stay on my side of the street you know, his stuff is his stuff. It's not my stuff. I need to focus on me. I'm powerless. I can't affect his disease in any way, shape, or form, no matter what shape pretzel I twist myself into. So about four, five year, four or five years ago, um, God gave me a new sponsor in my other program. It was a woman who I saw at a retreat, and I never knew her, and I judged her. Visually, I evaluated who she was. I knew everything about her, and I was never going to talk to her because she was one of those people, and I don't deal with those people. And then, and then I'm not going to go into the whole story, but she ended up becoming my sponsor before the end of that retreat. And she told me that um, she only sponsored in a certain way, and I needed to be willing to be sponsored that way, or she wasn't going to work with me. And the next thing I knew, she introduced me to this book, and I had done many, 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 many big book studies in lots of various different ways. And she said, here's the commitment that you need to have. And she told me 
And I said, I don't have the time for that. And she said, if you want it, God will make the time for that. And I said, I want it because I had left both my programs and I was in a lot of pain and I was searching for something different because I had a head full of recovery knowledge and I was a newcomer and no one recognized me as such because I had 10 years of recovery under my belt before I walked out the door. So everybody thought I needed, I already had the answers. And everyone I would ask to sponsor me just said, oh, just go right. And, you know, they just figured I'd get it. And I couldn't. And she introduced me to a very structured way to do the steps. And she taught me how to turn um, statements into questions that personalized for me that I, as an Essanon, am written about in this book just the way the essay is written about in this book. And so step one tells me that I, have, that I am bodily different, mentally different, and spiritually bankrupt. And I thought, how am I bodily different? So what I've come to learn is the way that I'm bodily different as an Essanon is that I have an addiction. And my addiction is not to my husband. I thought it was for years making him my higher power, whatever else. My addiction is to chaos, it's to drama, it's to worry, it's to depression, it's to the list goes on and on and on. And all of the manifestations, when I filter it down, the thing that was given to me was the concept of I'm addicted to adrenaline. I can't live life, peace and calm. So, I'm bodily different. If I step into drama, and I am powerless over not stepping into drama, if I see drama, I'm in it, and once I'm in it, I'm off and running. And I will wake up the next morning, and it will still be running. And if there is no drama around, I can wake up in the morning, and I can, my mind can just go crazy and obsess over thoughts. So the mental obsession that they talk about, that I'm mentally different, That's not about that, as my friend says, the ants marching in my head because they're there. I call it the hamster on the wheel and I can't stop it, I can't stop it. I'm powerless over that too. The mental obsession is that, like every addict, I believe that one day I am going to be normal. And it's not so. It's the biggest lie that we tell ourselves. I have to know that I will be inflicted with this disease the rest of my life, which means it's why the reason my rear end needs to be in the meetings, in the rooms, and working this program constantly and continually. So I work my steps every single year, thoroughly, 1 through 12. So then spiritual malady. It's, I came in, I had a God. I knew God. I believed in God. So I got it, okay. Mm. What I didn't, what I came to learn is that the problem is, is that I thought, I, I believed God, I knew God, I could tell you a million spiritual miracles that God bestowed upon me and into my life. What God unearthed for me was that I had no trust in God. So suddenly, the chapter to the agnostics became real to me. I used to skip over that. Why do I have to read this? I have belief. It's not about belief. 
It's not about belief at all. It's about, do I trust God? And where is my agnosticism hiding out? And how does it jump up and get me? And that's how I end up in the director's chair thinking that I need to tell God what he needs to do in order to make my life the way I want it to be. And why I'm in the director's chair telling every single one of you, you're all actors in my play and you better get on cue to the way that I'm directing it. And if you don't, you're going to get my wrath and it isn't going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty at all. So it's like, okay, I understand. I have a spiritual malady. I don't trust this God that I know and believe in. And what I need to do is I need to do the work so that I can come to an understanding of what stands between me and my God and clear it out and come into a greater, closer relationship with the God of my understanding. So that's that's the work, and that's why there's so many pages in step one. You go to step two, and step two is came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Well, the way that I was taught to work the steps, and I work them now, and the way that I take people through them, step one lasts so long, and it's so rigorous, and it's so deep, that very quickly you end up in understanding just how flipping crazy you are as an Essanon and what that looks like. And it becomes really ugly, and it's not pretty, and it's like, is this step one ever going to end? Because I'm really tired of being me. And that's exactly what step one is designed to do. It's designed to tear you down, to move your ego out of the way, and to understand that Life is exactly where it is because you've run it on your own power and your power has gotten you absolutely nil. Breaks here and there, but can I stay stopped from my insane, absolutely insane behavior? No, I cannot. On my own power, I don't have enough power. And so at that point, step one is designed and takes us, if we work it thoroughly, to come to a place where I'm insane and I need, if I want to be sane, I don't have any choice but to become willing to believe in a power greater than myself. And the good news about step two is all we have to do is have willingness. We don't have to have the belief. That comes later. That comes with working through the the steps. It's a whole process that's like stepping stones. And if we have it, that's great. If we come to realize where our, our agnosticism lies, then we get to work on that and move that out of the way. And so then we come to step three, having been absolutely 100% convinced, convinced that of my own power, I cannot do this in a sane way, then I get to make the choice. Is God everything or is God nothing? And either God is everything, and I will, absolutely will, make the choice to turn my life and my will over to him, or... He's nothing, and I'll continue to live in the misery. And basically, what I was taught is, if you can't make the choice to live as though God is everything, then you need to go back and do step one all over again because you didn't do it thoroughly enough. Bottom line, that's the way it is. And no matter how thoroughly you think you did it, do it again because something else has to be unearthed for you to be absolutely 100% desperate and clear that you cannot run your life on your power. Okay, so then we move to step four. And I was taught a step four that never took me to the places that this step four takes me. And so I got to see how I want to run the show, how I set the stage, how I expect you to show up, 
what role I want, I want you to play, what role I want to play, how I want to be viewed, and how it all goes to hell in a handbasket because I'm running the show. And then I get to look at where are my self-seeking behaviors, my selfish behaviors, where are all those things coming from? And the bottom line is I'm an Essanon, and my God, I sacrifice everything for every one of you in this room and the entire world, and how can you tell me that I am selfish and self-seeking? That is not an Essanon trait. 411 BS. Because I desperately need you to like and love me. Even if I don't like you and I don't want to be in relationship with you, I need feedback that I am accepted. I need feedback that I matter in this world. I need feedback that I'm okay. And if I don't get that from you, I'm going to do whatever I need to do and play all of my insane little lesson on behaviors out there in order to control and manipulate you to give me that because I need it to be okay. So therein lies an insanity peace of mind. If I need you to like me to be okay, I'm in a world of hurt. I'm in a world of hurt because I can't expect anything from anybody to be okay. I have to be okay because I understand that I am God's perfect child. I have to understand that I am a gift to this universe and God would not have put me here if he did not want me here. And I have to understand... And I can't understand that if I don't develop a relationship, a personal relationship with a God that works for me. Not one that's going to beat me up every time I make a mistake, but one that's going to love me and guide me and direct me in whatever direction I need to go to. And that doesn't mean he keeps me out of, out of the sewage. He doesn't. If that's where I need to go to get what I need to get to understand what I need to understand about becoming the next great level of who he created me to be, then he lets me go there. But he's always there by my side. And so I get to look at how I blame you. It's your fault because you're not showing up the way I expect you to show up. You're not doing what I expect you to do. And I lay expectations on you that are unrealistic, that no human can have. And so every day... I have to understand it's not about you. It's about me and my God, and it's about my spiritual fitness. And so I go through the fourth step, and I unearth where I've harmed you, where all I think is that you've harmed me. And I get to go and see where I can level the playing field, and I get to see that everything I resent you for, I've done to you and everybody else to everybody else that comes into my life and into my worldview. And I don't do it consciously and I don't do it purposely because I wouldn't hurt a hair on anyone's arm if I'm given a choice and if I understand it. So unknowingly, I cause harm. And that all gets unearthed in my fourth step. And I get to see that I'm a person, I'm behaving in a way that God didn't create me to behave, but that's how I'm showing up because I'm scared. I'm run, I'm run by a hundred forms. I'm run by hundreds of forms when I've done my fear inventories. My first fear inventory was like 200, I don't know, 38 fears, and it's like it could have kept going on. But I'm run by a hundred forms of fear. And, and so when I'm tweaked, it's not about the person who I think just tweaked me. It's about my fear. It's never external. Please hear me. Please, Essanons, hear me. It is not about him. 
It is not about her. It is not about your mother. It's not about your father. It's not about anyone. It's not about your kids. It's internal. The problem is internal. When we stop living from the point of victimhood, that other people are responsible for our misery, we get our freedom. Why? Because then there's a solution we can lean into. And the solution, there's only one solution I have learned in the last couple of years. Any, any question you have, any problem you have, anything you want to know, ask it, because there's only one answer. And the answer is God, G-O-D. I don't apologize for God. I don't call God my higher power. He's a power greater than me. He's my creator. I call him that. But I'm not going to stand here and apologize for God. And it's not about a religious thing for me. It's about my spiritual connection and my spiritual fitness. And so I get to level the playing field and I get to see that every person I resent, I resent them for the same thing that I've done to them and others. And I get to say, wow, this is a sick person like me. God, please help me forgive them and see how I can be of service to them. That's what I get to do in the fourth step. And it is so freeing. It's painful. None of this is is like an easy ride that's just totally joyful all the way through. It's painful. It's painful to have your crap put in your face and to recognize this is how I show up in the world and I've never intended to be this way. But you level the playing field and you own it and you clean it out and you go, wow. And you get to do a fear inventory and you get to see all of the fears that drive you. And the great news about that is, is that when you give away your fifth step, you get to read that out loud and you get to hear it back and you get to see that all of that is what you get to give to God when you get to six, six and seven. It's like, God, just take this from me. I don't want to be this way anymore. And so I used to think six and seven were just kind of fluff that was kind of hanging out. It was like the the cotton candy in between four, five, and eight, and nine. You know, oh, whew. I got through four and five, and no, oh, I gotta, I gotta rev up for eight and nine. Oh no, why do I have to do that? Six and seven, I've come to learn just in this past year, are such important steps. It is why the book tells us that we need to immediately, when we finish our fifth step, go and spend time with God. And that time that we spend with God is when we get to say, what am I willing to give to God and what am I not willing to give to God? And as soon as we're willing to give it all to him, then we get to take step seven. And we get to say, I don't have to figure it out anymore. Do you know how much energy it takes being an Essanon? We have to figure out everything. Everything for the essay, everything for us, everything for everybody. And when something goes wrong, we have to fix it. And we have to rescue people from their own life journey with their own path to God. And we interrupt that because we're being oh so helpful. It's all because I love you. This is how I'm behaving. Why aren't you loving me back for it? Because we're stepping on the toes of others. So... Eight and nine, we get to make a list of the people that we learned that we harmed. And we get to go out and we get to make amends to them. And we don't make amends to them until we find out that if they come back at us in any way, we're not going to react. 
We get to the place of neutrality. Step four brings us to a place of neutrality if we're equaling the playing field. And we learn that I don't need to go there if I don't, if, if, if I have God. God just keeps it neutral. You know, God doesn't know all this crazy drama. And so we get to make amends. We get to ask God to help us show us who we need to make amends to, when we need to make amends to them, and am I really ready to make amends? And oh, by the way, please, please, please do not ever go about making amends on your own accord. That's self, that self-reliance one more time, and somehow you're going to screw it up. And don't think that you know who the first person is that you're supposed to make amends to, because God might have a different plan. Just check in with God, because you made the choice that God's running your life, and you're not running it anymore. So now, once you've done that third step, made that third step choice, it's really simple. You just keep giving it to God. Everything just goes to God. After the third step, it's, oh, this is God. This is God's size thing. I don't have to worry about it. It's God. So takes you through nine, and making amends is, you know, is cleaning our house completely and sweeping our side of the street clean and letting God know I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm open and available. And I'm going to look every day in step 10. Did I stay clean today? Was I good to your children today? Did I do the best that I could do to express who I'm supposed to be in your vision of me rather than in my vision of me? And um, we, get to, we get to clean that up immediately. But that does not preclude us. Please hear me. That does not preclude me from not doing more fourth steps in the process until I start back on step one again. Because sometimes I get so reactive that I can't just do a tenth step about it. I need to do a thorough fourth. And I need to go through my fear inventory. And I need to understand on a deeper level. And then we get to come into conscious contact with God and make a decision that every day I will... I will connect in with my with my maker and um and throughout the day I will I will connect in with my maker and I will be who God wants me to be today. And then twelve we get to go out and we get to pass it on. And we get to give it away because it's the only way we can keep it. And um and so I I it has been my greatest privilege since being given this gift of understanding the big book and personalizing the big book for me as an Essanon to be able to give it away. And what I want to say is that it's also made my sponsorship a whole heck of a lot easier because I don't have to try and twist myself into whatever pretzel I think the sponsee wants or needs in order to be able to reach her so that I can help her in a, a kinder, gentler way. It's like this is the answer, and it makes sponsorship super, super easy. I just take, and sponsorship, sponsorship is not coddling somebody, you know. My sponsor's mean, I heard that, I have a mean sponsor. It's like, yeah, I had a mean sponsor too. And um, it's, it's about giving somebody the gifts. The gifts are here because this is the program. It works if you work it. That's it. It works if you work it. That means steps 1 through 12. If you are sponsoring someone and you are not taking them to, through the 12 steps, you're not sponsoring them. You're BSing yourself and them, and you're doing them a disservice, not a service. And that doesn't mean that you don't take calls and you don't connect and you don't help people know, 
yeah, me too, I've been there, I understand. But you refer them back to the steps. And I'm just going to quickly end with, recently, my husband and I had a very difficult situation one night. And um, after uh, 43 years of being together for the first time ever and all of these years in program, I had it, and I went and I grabbed whatever I could see in my sight. I put it into a backpack, and I walked out, and I said, I'm gone. I'm out of here. And I left the house, and I made program phone calls. And I called the very first person that who was my step partner in working through the the big book study, the way that I that I was taught by this particular sponsor. And she said to me, she listened to me, she loved me through the whole thing, she let me cry, she understood, she stood right next to me, she hugged me with her love through the phone, and she said, I want you to go do a fourth step, and this is, these are the fourth steps I want you to do. And then I want you to call me tomorrow. And I, and I, and I text my husband lovingly, even though I was resentful, because she said, don't let him be worried about where you are. And I got a hotel room, and I texted him, and I said, I'm not coming home tonight. I took a hotel room, and I'll be home I don't know when. Because I didn't. I mean, I, 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 just, I was just at my wit's end. And I called her up the next day, and I said, I, I, I did the fourth steps. And she said, great. When are you coming to my house? When can you be here? We need to do your fifth. And I gave it away to her, and she said, something's missing, Andrea. And I said, what? And she goes, where's your fear inventory? And I said, what? I'm just writing out my resentment. That's where I am right now. And she said, go home and do your fear inventory, because you're not going to know really what's going on until you go that deep. You need to understand what the fear is that's driving this, because the fears drive the illusions (laughs) that make me go into attitudes and behaviors that are selfish and self-seeking and that send me into unrecovered behaviors. And um, I went home and I did a fear inventory and I called her and I read it to her and she just said, okay, let's talk about what all of this has revealed. Let's talk about what your next steps are. And I was relieved. In the past before recovery, it would have taken me months and months and months to get over that and probably maybe never because that's where it is. So when you when you close the meetings and you say, keep coming back, it works when you work it, I'm serious. Since I have been introduced to working the program this way, my you know, I do it once a year, steps one through twelve thoroughly, because it's the only thing that keeps me on target for my life of recovery, which brings me freedom and joy and happiness and love for myself, and I am not the person today, I am not broken, and I have had a very difficult year in 2017, and God bless you, it's gone, and 2018 is going to bring me what it brings, and I believe it's going to bring me great things, because it is the number 18, which is L'chaim, that's it, it's for me, that's where I'm going, thank you.
would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.